0: Okay, right now, we're going to spend a few moments in God's Word, and I promise you this morning that it will be short. Um, I know you've all got plans today. I don't want to keep you from your lunch. Um, I don't want to keep you from your family, your friends, uh, but I do ask this. I'm going to be short, but I want you to pay very close attention to what I'm talking about because this is the most important news in the whole world, okay? So I'll be short, but please listen well. If you don't listen well, I'll talk longer. No, I won't do that. Okay, but could you please open your Bible to Galatians chapter four, and I'd like to consider uh, verses four and five. Okay, Galatians chapter four. As you are probably aware, these verses are not part uh, of the Christmas narrative, but it does provide uh, some vital doctrinal information to help us understand the Christmas narrative. And uh, what I'd like to do is very simple. We're going to consider a couple of things that these two verses teach us about christmas so galatians chapter 4 and verses 4 and 5 the word of god says but when the fullness of time was come a god sent forth his son made of a woman made under the law to redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons amen let's pray father thank you uh, for this day thank you for this occasion thank you for the glorious things uh, that we remember Lord, as we take some time now, um, some very brief time to consider uh, this glorious reality of the incarnation from your word, Lord, I ask you to remove all distractions and all hindrances, help us to understand that which is written, and uh, Lord, I do pray that you would um, not only help us to understand, uh, but Lord, please infuse it in our hearts, may it encourage us and thrill us, we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Now, when do you start thinking about Christmas and making plans for it. I know some people start very very early, like ridiculously early, but um, that's okay. Uh, you know, some people purchase presents months out, they get the Christmas lights ready for the house, uh, purchase some new decorations, set up the tree months before. Get the Christmas excitement bug bites some people very early. But nobody started planning for Christmas earlier than God. Okay, this was not something that he decided last minute, I thought, hey, I better send Jesus to earth, but rather this had been meticulously planned, and many things had to fall in place in order for it to happen. Notice in verse 4 it commences, but when the fullness of time was come. So at the right time, when things had all come together according to God's eternal plan, God the Father sent God the Son to this world. But what particularly had to come to pass? You know, we start to get ready for Christmas when the calendar dictates, but what was the fullness of time for God? Well, this speaks of the completion of the period of preparation in God's redemption timetable. Okay, redemption, salvation, this was planned in eternity past. And God has always had a timetable that he is working to. And not a moment before and not a moment after did God send forth his son. So at the perfect time, when everything was ready, Jesus was sent to accomplish all that had been decreed for the salvation of mankind. So this birth in Jerusalem that we remember at Christmas, it happened at the exact time that God desired. Okay, this is all part of his plan. It was meticulously planned. And there were several particular things that had to come together. And this is all encapsulated in this phrase in verse 4, the fullness of time. And here are a few. Okay, the time was perfect prophetically. So God is working to a prophetic timetable. And if you go right back to the beginning of the Bible, okay, the prophetic clock, it began ticking at Genesis 3.15. That's when God made a promise. God made a promise that someone would come through the seed of the woman and he would crush the head of the serpent. Okay, that's the promise of Messiah. And then as we go through the Old Testament, there's a very precise time given in Daniel chapter 9. And if I was to unpack that, I'd have to break my promise about being short. But in that prophecy, okay, we see 483 years to Messiah. Okay, that's the promise in that prophecy. And at the first christmas that time had arrived so hence when we read of the fullness of time it was the right time prophetically but the world was also perfectly prepared for the coming of jesus okay so so the world itself so the world was prepared religiously in the exile if you remember in the old testament how it concludes is the people of israel end up in babylon for 70 years because of their idolatry and then they come back to the land. Now, when they're back in the land, guess what? They're cured of their idolatry. They no longer have this issue. Okay? they had have been chastened out of them. Yeah? And that was important. Now, when they had returned to the land, the Jews had also built synagogues. Okay? Synagogue was a place of worship and teaching. And they also possessed a complete Old Testament, which had been compiled by the scribe Ezra. So the synagogues and the availability of the scriptures facilitated the proclamation of the message of Messiah. Okay, so again, this is another piece of the puzzle. But the world was also prepared culturally. Okay, due to the efforts of a man named Alexander the Great, he established Greek culture and Greek language. And you think, you're, okay, so who cares? But you know, Greek became the common language of the whole empire. And that was important because a common language enabled the spread of the gospel. Okay? If there were six different languages, it would be a lot harder to spread the message of Jesus compared to one common tongue. So it was prepared culturally. It was also prepared politically. So you see here, history and the Bible, it's tying together. Okay? This was a time when the Pax Romana extended over the civilized earth. Okay, and this provided economic and political stability, and that meant there was peace. Okay, there was peace throughout the empire, and the Romans had also developed a wonderful system of roads. Okay, think, again, okay, so what? Okay, all of these roads are connected to the empire. What did that allow? It allowed travel possible, which had formerly been quite difficult, which assisted greatly in the spread of the gospel, the spread of the message of Jesus. So we see that God's timing and God's planning for the first Christmas was perfect. Jesus came at the right time, at the right place, into the right environment. Everything had come together. And this all happened according to God's eternal plan. So the birth of Jesus, which we celebrate at Christmas, this was not some spur-of-the-moment decision. or It wasn't a rash choice, but it had been meticulously planned and executed. And that highlights the love of God for mankind, that they would develop a plan in eternity past and execute it perfectly for you and for me. Now, the next thing we learn from this verse about Christmas is that God sent forth his son made of a woman. Now, this phrase is jam-packed with theology. And here's just a couple of insights that relate to Christmas. So from this, we see the pre-existence of Jesus. What, what I mean by that is that Jesus did not begin at his birth. Okay, the birth in the manger, that was not the beginning for Jesus. But rather he was, he is, and he always will be the son of God. Okay, sending of his son, this implies both divinity and eternality. So Jesus existed prior to coming into this world in Bethlehem. Why? Because Jesus is God when jesus being made of a woman this also speaks of his humanity Uh, perhaps it's also an inference to the virgin birth okay made of a woman it's an unusual phrase and hence it could be insinuating the uniqueness of the conception of jesus okay we remember that jesus was conceived by a virgin okay but this phrase it's a definite declaration that jesus was fully man okay so jesus is fully god but he's also fully man he possessed true humanity the same as you and me just one difference he didn't have sin and hence this verse here speaks of the union of Jesus divine and human nature in one person okay this is the person of Christmas this is who this babe in the manger is it's not just an ordinary baby but rather this this one in the manger is fully God and fully man okay united in one person And this was required because of the mission that he came to accomplish. This was necessary because this qualified him to be the Savior. Jesus needed to be both God and man in order to be an acceptable sacrifice. Jesus needed to be God in order to possess the power to provide salvation. He also needed to be God in order to be free from sin and to defeat death. But he also had to be man in order to take the position of the substitute okay he needed to be like you and i in order to represent us okay so, so in the bible we see right at the beginning we've got adam adam represents everybody and he's a man so in adam we all fall into sin but then we get to jesus he's the second adam which means he needed to be man and in him we can all be saved so jesus needed to be both fully God and fully man, and this is who this babe in the manger is—fully and perfectly God, fully and perfectly man. Now we also learn from this verse that the Christmas story is all about accomplishing a particular mission. The verse says that Jesus was sent forth, okay, meaning he is sent on a mission. That this babe in the manger come for a specific purpose. And this reminds us that Jesus came voluntarily. Jesus was not forced. He wasn't coerced. But rather, he was motivated by love for God the Father and love for you and I. Okay, that, that's why he came. That was the motive. But what was the mission? Well, we're told that Jesus was made under the law. Okay, what, what does that mean? Well, he submitted himself to the rules, regulations, and restrictions of the law. Okay, but more than this, it means that Jesus kept the law perfectly. And again, that, that's astonishing. He satisfied all the requirements of the law. Perfect obedience. You and I can never do that. We don't come close. And since he kept the law perfectly, this enabled him to be the one who could be the redeemer. Okay, this was the mission. Why did Jesus come? Jesus came to redeem mankind. Okay, this is why the babe in the manger came. Now this word redeemed, it means to buy back and to take out. This particular time was used of slaves. So one could purchase the freedom of a slave by paying the price and that would take them out of the slave market. And that's a wonderful picture of salvation. Okay, we're enslaved in sin. Okay, slave market of sin. And Jesus makes it possible to take us out of that. So Jesus Christ on the cross has enabled us to be freed from the slavery of sin, set us free from the curse, condemnation of the law, because we need to understand that as natural men, all of us are enslaved in sin. We are born into sin. We're born sinners, and then we sin by choice, whether by action or attitude, over and over again. Okay, and hence, this is the universal predicament of mankind. We are enslaved, enslaved in sin. And the curse of sin is hanging over us. And understand that the wrath of God, if you picture a bucket, it's been filled up and it's going to be poured out on us. It will be unleashed. Okay? It will be unleashed in hell for all eternity. Okay, so that's the predicament. But Jesus Christ came as a baby in the manger in order to free us from the slavery of sin. He was judged in our place. That is the good news of the Christmas story. Jesus came as the Redeemer. Jesus came as the Savior to deliver us from our predicament. But if redemption or salvation was not enough for us, uh, Jesus also provided adoption. That's the final thing we see in this verse. So Jesus' coming had both an atoning purpose and an adopting purpose. And the Bible declares here that we have been adopted. Okay, literally this refers to giving one the status of sonship, even though you are not a natural child. Okay, and that's a wonderful image. Naturally, we are not the children of God. Okay, we're sinners. But in Christ, we have been adopted into the heavenly family. Okay, this is what God has done for us through Jesus Christ. We've been adopted into God's family. When Jesus died and rose again, he not only paid the price for our salvation, but he's also provided our adoption papers. And this is why Christmas is such good news. You know, it's a crucial part of God's awesome and glorious plan of salvation, because in order for the cross to happen, Jesus had to come to earth. And God the Father sent his son at the perfect time when all the pieces of the puzzle had come together. And Jesus came to do what nobody else could do, and that is to be the saviour of the world, to pay the price for our sin and to provide us with the adoption papers into the family of God. None of this is possible without Christmas, okay? This is not possible if Jesus did not come to this world, and that is why Christmas is such a joyous time of the year. there is a vital point that you need to hear and it's with this i'll finish have you ever experienced the salvation that jesus came to provide you need to understand what i'm talking about this is a free gift extended to all but it must be accepted individually okay you have a choice to make and i wonder have you okay have you as an individual ever come to christ to save you have you acknowledged your sin admitted your utter lost condition your complete inability to save yourself lord i'm a sinner i'm lost i'm undone and i can't save myself and you cast yourself at the grace and mercy of god believing that jesus christ died was buried and rose again on your behalf that is how the greatest gift of redemption becomes yours And you will receive immediate pardon from sin, past, present, and future. You will be made clean, washed clean in the blood of Christ. Your relationship with God, which has been severed by sin, will be reconciled. And you will become a member of the heavenly family. But the choice is yours. You have a choice to make. What will you do with Jesus? But for those of us who are Christians, you know, this is the good news of Christmas. Jesus came to provide this for us. And in him, this is ours. He's given us the greatest gift imaginable. I'm sure some of you received some wonderful gifts this morning, but it's nothing compared to Jesus. Jesus is the greatest gift. And I do trust today that we are thrilled by what we have in Christ. Christ that that were filled with awe and adoration that jesus the savior the christ the one who is lord he was born and he was born in order to save you and i from sin and to purchase our adoption into the heavenly family and in christ that's yours your sin has been dealt with paid in full And you're now a member of the heavenly family. And that, my friend, is your eternal possession. Nothing can take that from you. That is the good news of Christmas. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I do thank you uh, and praise you for the glorious Christmas. Right now, we're going to spend a few moments in God's word. And I promise you this morning that it will be short. Um, I know you've all got plans today. I don't want to keep you from your lunch. I don't want to keep you from your family friends. Uh, But I do ask this, I'm going to be short, but I want you to pay very close attention to what I'm talking about, because this is the most important news in the whole world. Okay, so I'll be short, but please listen well. If you don't listen well, I'll talk longer. No, I won't do that. Okay, but could you please open your Bible to Galatians chapter 4? And I'd like to consider uh, verses 4 and 5. Okay, Galatians chapter 4. As you are probably aware, these verses are not part of the Christmas narrative, but it does provide some vital doctrinal information to help us understand the Christmas narrative. And what I'd like to do is very simple. We're going to consider a couple of things that these two verses teach us about Christmas. So, Galatians chapter 4 and verses 4 and 5, the Word of God says, But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law to redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons amen let's pray father thank you uh, for this day thank you for this occasion thank you for the glorious things uh, that we remember lord as we take some time now um, some very brief time to consider uh, this glorious reality of the incarnation from your word lord i ask you to remove all distractions and all hindrances help us to understand that which is written and, uh, Lord, I do pray that you would um, not only help us to understand, uh, but, Lord, please infuse it in our hearts. May it encourage us and thrill us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, when do you start thinking about Christmas and making plans for it? I know some people start very, very early, like ridiculously early. Um, and that's okay. Uh, you know, some people purchase presents months out, they get the Christmas lights ready for the house, uh, purchase a new decoration, set up the tree months before. Okay, the Christmas excitement bug bites some people very early. But nobody started planning for Christmas earlier than God. Okay, this was not something that he decided last minute. I thought, hey, I better send Jesus to earth. But rather, this had been meticulously planned. And many things had to fall in place in order for it to happen. Notice in verse 4, it commences, But when the fullness of time was come. So, at the right time, when things had all come together according to God's eternal plan, God the Father sent God the Son to this world. But what particularly had to come to pass? You know, we start to get ready for Christmas when the calendar dictates. But what was the fullness of time for God? Well, this speaks of the completion of the period of preparation in God's redemption timetable. Okay, redemption, salvation, this was planned in eternity past. And God has always had a timetable that He is working to. And not a moment before and not a moment after did God send forth his son? So at the perfect time, when everything was ready, Jesus was sent to accomplish all that had been decreed for the salvation of mankind. So this birth in Jerusalem that we remember at Christmas, it happened at the exact time that God designed. Okay, This is all part of his plan. It was meticulously planned. And there were several particular things that had to come together and this is all encapsulated in this phrase in verse 4 the fullness of time and here are a few Okay the time was perfect prophetically so God is working to a prophetic timetable and if you go right back to the beginning of the Bible okay the prophetic clock it began ticking at Genesis 3:15 that's when God made a promise God made a promise that someone would come through the seed of the woman and he would crush the head the serpent okay that's the promise of messiah and then as we go through the old testament there's a very precise time given in daniel chapter 9 and if i was to unpack that i'd have to break my promise about being short but in that prophecy okay we see 483 years to messiah okay that's the promise in that prophecy and at the first christmas that time had arrived so, hence, when we read of the fullness of time, it was the right time prophetically. But the world was also perfectly prepared for the coming of Jesus. Okay? So, so, the world itself. So, the world was prepared religiously. Okay? In the exile, if you remember in the Old Testament, how it concludes okay, is the people of Israel end up in Babylon for 70 years because of their idolatry. And then they come back to the land. Now, when they're back in the land, guess what? They're cured of their idolatry. They no longer have this issue. Okay? they have been chastened out of them. Yeah? And that was important. Now, when they had returned to the land, the Jews had also built synagogues. Okay, Synagogue was a place of worship and teaching. And they also possessed a complete Old Testament, which had been compiled by the scribe Ezra. So the synagogues and the availability of the scriptures facilitated the proclamation of the message of Messiah. Okay, so again, this is another piece of the puzzle. But the world was also prepared culturally. Okay, due to the efforts of a man named Alexander the Great, he established Greek culture and Greek language. And you think you're, okay, so who cares? But you know, Greek became the common language of the whole empire. And that was important Because a common language enabled the spread of the gospel. If there were six different languages, it would be a lot harder to spread the message of Jesus compared to one common tongue. So it was prepared culturally. It was also prepared politically. So you see here, history and the Bible, it's tying together. This was a time when the Pax Romana extended over the civilized earth. Okay, and this provided economic and political stability and that meant there was peace okay there was peace throughout the empire and the Romans had also developed a wonderful system of roads okay, say, again okay so what okay, all of these roads are connected to the empire what did that allow it allowed travel possible which had formerly been quite difficult which assisted greatly in the spread of the gospel the spread of the message of Jesus So we see that God's timing and God's planning for the first Christmas was perfect. Jesus came at the right time, at the right place, into the right environment. Everything had come together. And this all happened according to God's eternal plan. So the birth of Jesus, which we celebrate at Christmas, this was not some spur-of-the-moment decision. or It wasn't a rash choice, but it had been meticulously planned and executed. And that highlights the love of God for mankind, that they would develop a plan in eternity past and execute it perfectly for you and for me. Now, the next thing we learn from this verse about Christmas is that God sent forth His Son made of a woman. Now, this phrase is jam-packed with theology, and here's just a couple of insights that relate to Christmas. So, from this, we see the pre-existence of Jesus. What what I mean by that is that Jesus did not begin at his birth. The birth in the manger, that was not the beginning for Jesus. But rather he was, he is, and he always will be the son of God. A sending of his son, this implies both divinity and eternality. So Jesus existed prior to coming into this world in Bethlehem. Why? Because Jesus is God when jesus being made of a woman this also speaks of his humanity Uh, perhaps it's also an inference to the virgin birth okay made of a woman it's an unusual phrase and hence it could be insinuating the uniqueness of the conception of jesus okay we remember that jesus was conceived by a virgin okay but this phrase it's a definite declaration that jesus was fully man okay so jesus is fully god but he's also fully man he possessed true humanity the same as you and me just one difference he didn't have sin and hence this verse here speaks of the union of jesus divine and human nature in one person okay this is the person of christmas this is who this babe in the manger is it's not just an ordinary baby but rather this this one in the manger is fully god and fully man okay united in one person And this was required because of the mission that he came to accomplish. This was necessary because this qualified him to be the Savior. Jesus needed to be both God and man in order to be an acceptable sacrifice. Jesus needed to be God in order to possess the power to provide salvation. He also needed to be God in order to be free from sin and to defeat death. But he also had to be man in order to take the position of the substitute. Okay, He needed to be like you and I in order to represent us. Okay, so, so in the Bible, we see right at the beginning, we've got Adam. Adam represents everybody, and he's a man. So in Adam, we all fall into sin. But then we get to Jesus. He's the second Adam, which means he needed to be man. And in him, we can all saved. So Jesus needed to be both fully God and fully man. And this is who this babe in the manger is. Fully and perfectly God, fully and perfectly man. Now we also learn from this verse that the Christmas story is all about accomplishing a particular mission. The verse says that Jesus was sent forth, meaning he is sent forth. On a mission, this babe in the manger, come for a specific purpose. And this reminds us that Jesus came voluntarily. Jesus was not forced. He wasn't coerced. But rather, he was motivated by love for God the Father and love for you and I. Okay, that, That's why he came. That was the motive. But what was the mission? Well, we're told that Jesus was made under the law. Okay, what what does that mean? Well, he submitted himself to the rules, regulations, and restrictions of the law. Okay, but more than this, it means that Jesus kept the law perfectly. And again, that's astonishing. He satisfied all the requirements of the law. Perfect obedience. You and I can never do that. We don't come close. And since he kept the law perfectly, this enabled him to be the one who could be the redeemer. Okay, this was the mission. Why did Jesus come? Jesus came to redeem mankind. Okay, this is why the babe in the manger came. Now this word redeemed, it means to buy back and to take out. This particular time was used of slaves. So one could purchase the freedom of a slave by paying the price and that would take them out of the slave market. And that's a wonderful picture of salvation. Okay, we're enslaved in sin, okay, slave market of sin, and Jesus makes it possible to take us out of that. Okay, so Jesus Christ on the cross has enabled us to be freed from the slavery of sin, set us free from the curse, condemnation of the law, because we need to understand that as natural men, all of us are enslaved in sin. Okay, we are born into sin, okay, we're born sinners, and then we sin by choice. whether by action or attitude over and over again okay and hence this is the universal predicament of mankind we are enslaved enslaved in sin and the curse of sin is hanging over us and understand that the wrath of god if you picture a bucket it's been filled up and it's going to be poured out on us it will be unleashed it will be unleashed in hell for all eternity okay so that's the predicament But Jesus Christ came as a baby in the manger in order to free us from the slavery of sin. He was judged in our place. That is the good news of the Christmas story. Jesus came as the Redeemer. Jesus came as the Savior to deliver us from our predicament. But if redemption or salvation was not enough for us, uh, Jesus also provided adoption that's the final thing we see in this verse so jesus coming had both an atoning purpose and an adopting purpose and the bible declares here that we have been adopted okay literally this refers to giving one the status of sonship even though you are not a natural child okay and that, that's a wonderful image naturally we are not the children of god okay we're, we're sinners but in christ we have been adopted into the heavenly family okay this is what God has done for us through Jesus Christ we've been adopted into God's family okay when Jesus died and rose again he not only paid the price for our salvation but he's also provided our adoption papers and this is why Christmas is such good news You know, it's a crucial part of God's awesome and glorious plan of salvation, because in order for the cross to happen, Jesus had to come to earth. And God the Father sent His Son at the perfect time when all the pieces of the puzzle had come together. And Jesus came to do what nobody else could do, and that is to be the Savior of the world, to pay the price for our sin, and to provide us with the adoption papers into the family of God. None of this is possible without Christmas. Christmas. this is not possible if jesus did not come to this world and that is why christmas is such a joyous time of the year but there is a vital point that you need to hear and it's with this i'll finish have you ever experienced the salvation that jesus came to provide you need to understand what i'm talking about this is a free gift extended to all but it must be accepted individually, okay, you have a choice to make. And I wonder, have you, okay, have you as an individual ever come to Christ as Savior? Have you acknowledged your sin, admitted your utter lost condition, your complete inability to save yourself? Lord, I'm a sinner, I'm lost, I'm undone, and I can't save myself. And you cast yourself at the grace and mercy of God, believing that Jesus Christ died, was buried, and rose again on your behalf. That is how the greatest gift of redemption becomes yours. And you will receive immediate pardon from sin, past, present, and future. You will be made clean, washed clean in the blood of Christ. Your relationship with God, which has been severed by sin, will be reconciled. And you will become a member of the heavenly family but the choice is yours you have a choice to make what will you do with jesus but for those of us who are christians you know this is the good news of christmas jesus came to provide this for us and in him this is ours he's given us the greatest gift imaginable I'm sure, some of you received some wonderful gifts this morning, but it's nothing compared to Jesus. Jesus is the greatest gift. And I do trust today that we are thrilled by what we have in Christ. That, that we're filled with awe and adoration, that Jesus, the Savior, the Christ, the one who is Lord, He was born. And He was born. In order to save you and i from sin and to purchase our adoption into the heavenly family and in christ that's yours your sin has been dealt with paid in full and you're now a member of the heavenly family and that my friend is your eternal possession nothing can take that from you that is the good news of christmas amen let's pray